Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji Nyson for the recap of Stage 13 of the Tour de France 2021. Peloton still rolling in. 14. I've been told by my producer it's Stage 14. Yes, we're in the middle of the third week struggling now. <laughs> this show is supported by LeCole, our show partner for the entire year. They produce performance cycling apparel. Stage 14 finishing in Culin from Carcassonne. It's a pretty hard stage, actually. There's, I know there's no Category 1 climbs or HC climbs, no hilltop finish, but it's hard and it's false flat uphill with sort of up and down climbs. A Cat 3 with 50K is done. Called him also good, 4.3Ks, 8.1% with 90Ks done. Rolling Cat 2s, Cat 3s. The final climb called us another Louis, 4.6Ks, 7%. Never used in the tour before. Bonus seconds on top. And, a, yeah, it's steep 12% section in the second K of it. So it's a hard stage. Benji and I thought nailed on breakaway given the GC situation and the sort of lack of depth in teams. And that's exactly what we got. We're planning on recording some transfer news, Benji, but... The break literally didn't go for, what, 90 kilometers, 85 kilometers? Absolutely insane. From the start, there were attacks, and it just kept on going. Every time that a a rider got away, another rider tried to bridge over, and if another rider tries to bridge over, then you've got a chain of riders trying to bridge over, and the peloton's basically back. So it happened for 90 kilometers. We can't really talk about every single move. I think the most important riders who are attacking all the time was Magnus Court Nielsen, about... 10 times, genuinely. I've seen that <laughs> yeah. guy 10 times attacking at that uh, at the start of today's stage. And yeah, the, the parkour suited him. And eventually he was not in today's breakaway. And it was a bit of a an odd thing because you've got the parkour, like you mentioned, that starts off with a flat area. So you've got a more likelihood of having ruler attackers instead of climbing attackers in the breakaway. We saw that at the opening hours of the race. And they didn't really get away yet for like bunch of time and then a five-man group got away with Jonas Ricard with um a teammate for him as well as Baragli uh Tom Squins as well and uh, I think two other riders I think Chevalier and Turgi but I'm not sure about yes, it that's correct so uh that group got away stayed ahead for quite a bit while the they others dangled. were chasing down Poor exactly <laughs> 40 seconds 10 seconds 30 seconds 10 seconds <laughs> just kept on going because every time uh, a counter-attack from behind happened some people in the in the peloton were trying to like make sure nobody could attack by trying to block the road at the front, but that didn't happen. Wasn't happening today because people kept on attacking, and then it felt like they were kind of waiting for a bit. They were waiting until the climb started because then the climbing attackers could start doing stuff, and that's exactly what happened because you've got so many different riders going on the climb, the first climb of the day, compared to at the start, much different riders as like I mentioned, first rulers, and now the climbers that were going for it. And eventually we did get a group that was fighting for it. But first of all, a few riders that were plainly going for the K1 points, right? You've got Rod Pools and Michael Woods in there. Well, Thomas Lopez, some, some bigger names tried. And yeah. they, they just weren't allowed at the base of Monsugur, Thomas Lopez and Van Aert. They didn't then just shut it down. And yeah, it was the guys who really aren't 
satellite riders and are going for polka dots, like Benji said, Catania, uh, Poles, and Mike Woods. Those three are going, and again, Woods and Poles keen on dangling ahead of a group behind, a strong group behind of Chavez, Lee Menkes, Molima, Egita, Guillaume Martin, Patrick Conrad, and Freyler. And we, we got like 90Ks, 100Ks to the finish, 100% chance they're going to catch Poles and Woods, but those two are going for KOM. I think they were like, oh, I'm trying to think. They were, they were basically neck and neck in the KOM points, yeah. uh, Poles and Woods. So they, that's what their main goal was. There's the Col de la Croix de More. They sprinted at Montsegur. They again stayed in front of that group behind. They sprinted for it. And I think Woods leapt two points ahead of um, Poles, and he's on 51. Poles is on 49. And then they get on to, I think, the Molsig. Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, those two were dangling in front. And it just reminded me again, <laughs> yeah. Benji, because KOM at this point, again, I don't focus on it because the points are so minimal. There's 40 points at the summit finish of stage 17 and 40 on stage 18. And we're talking about point two, one here, here and there now. But the point is, Benji, you, we've seen that the KOM battle, in my view, really seems to take it out of the legs of these guys for the actual moments in the last 40 k's when they need to attack and yeah do you think woods it's hard to know but do you think he's sacrificing his stage win opportunities or do you think he wouldn't be winning these stages anyway i think today would be very hard for him to win just because being alone in the breakaway is very difficult to control attacks and next to that his descending ability is just plainly not good and as a consequence of that he loses ground and has crashes in downhills we have one today by Michael yeah. Woods in one of the corners. Then the next corner just after that, obviously shaken up from the crash he just had. He mistook the corner again, almost rode off, off the road there. Yeah. Luckily, turned to the left just in time. And just stuff like that is it's what preventing him as well to go for stages. But like you mentioned, yes, I think that going for KOMs will influence the energy you have of winning the stage. Quintana and Higita, they were uh, doing crazy stuff in the stage of Tinia. Quintana yeah, didn't have cool. any energy on the Tinia climb anymore. Higita wasn't exactly going for the KOM points there, but case in point, he also dropped eventually because he attacked too early. So attacking too early can definitely influence your uh, your follow-up uh, energy. That's certain. And that's what happens to Wout as well. Same story. More this time so around, though, he wasn't riding 25 seconds ahead of everybody today. So <laughs> that's an improvement. He still he attacked early going for the KOM points. And yeah, he, he dropped before the final climb or at the base of the final climb. Behind, we have UAE not caring at all. They park it. They're at like two They let it go to two minutes pretty quickly. And it looks like they're controlling it. But really, Woods and Poles, it seemed, they'd gone over the Monsegur climb and they're just waiting in the valley or sort of, you know, keeping it going at tempo for the group behind to catch them. And BNB Hotels, obviously the DS, got on the ra- the team radio and said, get in that break. Pacher and Roland, two minutes behind the break. It's already formed. I don't know what they were what they were waiting for when it was at a, a minute. <laughs> they then decided to try and bridge a two-minute gap. And listen, they, they were able to do it, and they did it. But at what cost, Benji? They yeah. get into that group, and then they start pulling. Pacher pulls. And then, and we got like constant rolling, like cat three sort of climbs here, uh, like 7%, two, three Ks. Then Roland keeps attacking. And I was thinking, surely you guys want to play the numbers on the last climb and you're, all, you're kind of cooked after that. Well, before the last climb as well, just like on the valley. Yeah, on before. a descent. Yeah. 
and and that they should be they would be tired after that massive bridge. But anyway, they did what they did, uh, and so we had this pretty large and strong group of uh, Freyle, Molima, Poles, uh, Sergio Agita, Conrad. I would say Conrad and Agita are the quickest men if it came from a reduced kick, a reduced bunch sprint, and I would say that. The strongest climber on his day would be Woods, but then he crashed and he's trying to catch back up with like 50Ks to go or, yeah, about there. Uh, so we're going into the last – it's all about this last climb, the Col de Saint-Louis, and I guess Chavez, Iguita, and Woods are the people you'd be concerned about. And Alcamolum attacks Benji with like 44 kilometers to go on a – on a downhill, a bit twisty. Woods just caught back on. Roland has been attacking a lot. They're the only team with multiple teammates. And it's like, it's, I was just thinking, it's vintage Balcomolima once again, right? Yeah, certainly. It's a type of attack that's also clever because if you think about it, Molima has been dropped on the climbs every single time this entire Tour de France and in the Giro. So he knows that he's likely not the best climber in this group. We've got better climbers in this group. I count Higita as a better climber. Cataneo, but he doesn't have that acceleration, for example. A Conrad could even be considered a better climber this year based on the performances they had in comparison to each other. Guillaume-Martin being in that group, all the names you mentioned, there's better climbers in that group than Bauke Mollema this year. And Mollema knows that. Mollema thinks, what can I do to prevent that? I can try and attack and solo towards that climb, expand the gap before the climb. I've got a good flat engine. I can keep that up for a bit. And I can try and keep my advantage that I have on the climb itself. Perfect strategy. And that's exactly what he did. He built out that advantage from 10 seconds, 30 seconds to 50 seconds to like a minute and 20 seconds at the foot of that final climb. And when I saw it, I was like, I think he has it. Somebody really explosive must like come by from the second group now to try and take him out again because uh, I just didn't see it happening anymore at that point. But did we see any response from the second group on the climb itself later on? Well, (laughs) I felt like they were conserving a little bit before the climb. So I was expecting Woods or or Poles or someone of that nature to try something because you basically saw Martin and Mankies and Pacher pacing a lot. But, yeah, the problem is not teams that rise with multiple teammates. And it was – who was it? Chavito first, Benji, I think. Esteban Chavez, he got Aguita behind him. They they accelerated really hard trying to drop other riders. Woods is just sitting in. Woods with poles then drops straight away. Woods is like, I can take the polka dot jersey tonight with like a three, five-point advantage, whatever. But he, he would take the polka dot jersey if he came like second on the climb. So with he doesn't really – I think Woods with the crash and everything, with Molimer a minute ahead, stage win, he's like, I give up on the stage win option. And he's like, I'm just going to make sure I come second on this climb. So he's just sitting on, not pulling really at all. You've then got Cataneo getting dropped came back, then starts pulling on the front, dropped, come back, starts pulling on the front as the Colombians sort of accelerate and stop. So very different styles. Penji mentioned on Twitter, we saw on stage nine, again, Cataneo, good pacing, came second, sort of went past Iguita and Quintana. Conrad again sitting on, then tries to bridge it across. I'm like, if it's 20 seconds, I get it. makes perfect sense, that strategy. When it's a minute 10 and we saw him do something similar on stage seven, you're not going to solo bridge a minute 10. You may as well work collaboratively or cooperate because, first of all, he really shouldn't be worried about dropping too many people because Conrad's quick on a flat, reduced group sprint, almost as quick as Aguita. Um, remember his sprints against Almeida last year in the Giro. He's quite quick, so I don't really understand that from him. But, yeah, the cooperation wasn't great. It felt like with the gap going out with Balka, you know, from 40 to 20 k's in, 
people were conserving. And once we saw Mollimer had a minute with a category on the climb, it was a wrap. No chance they were bringing him yeah. back pretty much. Um, so, yeah, that's the story of the stage. It was a hard start. <laughs> and uh, Balca got him just like in Trofeo La Guelia. This is how he wins. He did something similar uh, at the start of this year against Bernal van Sevenor Champessant, Lander. He, yeah, it was, it was a sort of he kept attacking, ground them down. Benji reminded me, stage 15, the last Tour de France stage he won, he had a 30K solo on a very similar looking stage uh, to Le Puy en Valais. And yeah, good for Trek, Benji. Would you say that Trek have actually, with Pedersen being off, off color, they are actually playing the Tour de France pretty well, getting get their guys into the right breaks? Yeah, their tactics in the brakes haven't always been perfect, but they have the numerical advantage in them most of the time. They've been hitting better riders as well in the stage, like Van Aert stage on Morvan 2. Yeah. If Van Aert is not there, they've got the boot two best climbers in that breakaway. So they certainly have been playing it well, and it wouldn't surprise me if they've got another one by the end of this Tour de France. But what's more special about Balka's victory is that, just like at the um, Tour des Alpes Maritime du Var at the start of the season, he got one of those stage wins. And he did not have a bike computer on his bike. And today, neither. He uh, has no reference of his watts and so forth. Just pure on feeling. And that is, that's crazy to see. <laughs> I know. And it's such a long break. But I, and I guess what reminded me, that's a good, good race you mentioned, Benji, because there's an uphill finish there the next day and Wood smoked him. And he's yeah. got Woods in this group. So he probably knows, yeah, I don't have the legs for against those guys on that sort of climb. Uh, but yeah, the descent attack, perfect timing. I'll, I'll read out the results before we get into a bit more of a discussion. Mollema first, Conrad second. It says Conrad beat Agita in the final sprint on PCS. I'm not sure. Yeah. Wouldn't I, surprise me. Anyway, that, they were like, it was a photo. Agita third, Cataneo fourth. Poor guy, <laughs> no one ever works properly with him. Woods fifth, Freyla sixth, Jesper seventh, Pacher eighth, Menkes ninth, Chavez tenth, Guillaume Martin on 128. So maybe Cataneo was working, Benji, because he's now top 10 on GC, leapfrogging Bill Bow. He's yeah, now into 948. And yeah, the big strong Guillaume Martin, 404. He's done the O'Connor minus the stage win. So no GC action at all behind. Everyone just like Wout and Thomas just, they decided to drop themselves on the final climb. When you saw that, you're like, no one's trying anything. But yeah, except Martin leapfrogging into into second. Do you think how long until he's out of the top 10 again, Benji? Well, it wouldn't surprise me if he loses, well, the top 10. I think that he could end near the end of the top 10, perhaps. Because like he's got a decent advantage on a rider like Cataneo and, and so forth. So that could still relatively stay. I think that his biggest problem is the time trial. And he'll lose like four or five minutes on it. So... I think that's his biggest problem. On the climbing itself, I think that he's not good enough to follow the riders just behind him, but he can always overperform a bit. He was good on the likes of Mondegwell last year, for example. So he's still a good climber. He was going to do well last year in GC until he crashed. So I think that he could top 10, and I hope he does. kind of feel like... Uh, it will be hilarious if he starts off this the start of France saying, <laughs> I'm going to lose time on purpose. I'm not going to go for GC. And then a few weeks later, he's second in GC, two, two weeks in. <laughs> well, if you're Cataneo, Benji, 940 back, wouldn't you try and get in a break again and do the same thing? Yeah, like, exactly. Who's going to, what, EF are going to chase him all day? Or Movistar? Maybe they will, but... Um, it's a big ask to chase these guys and UAE don't care because Pagacha's got such a big buffer and 
even if they're two minutes behind him like O'Connor was, they're like, well, you're not going to be there for long. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's an opportunity for Katanea to try something similar before we, get to, before we get to tomorrow. Okay. Mention our show partner, <laughs> LaCole. Speaking of high-altitude, hot Pyrenean climbs, you can check out our show partner, LaCole's lightweight collection released just before the Tour de France. If you want to check it out, you can use code LRTDF20. That's at lacole.cc, the website. LRTDF20 gets you 20% off all Lacole items, including that new lightweight collection made of breathable fabrics and lightweight materials. Great for those climbs like we have tomorrow. From Cheret to Andorra La Vela, 191.3 Ks. I'll probably go and watch the finish. But uh, it depends what, how the stage plays out. If it's like a group and a break, I'll go watch the finish. Uh, if it's crazy GC action, uh, now I can watch on my phone, I guess, uh, on the side. How of the far road. is it? Like, I don't know how large Andorra is. It sounds small. <laughs> the, but... the finish is is about fifteen minutes walk from my apartment. So okay, okay, okay. I, I got no excuses really. Um, and <laughs> yeah, two three minutes bike ride. So yeah, I can go watch it. Um, it starts again, like Benji said, giving the rulers an option in the first 67 k's before they start a long cat one. Uh, it says the cat one starts uh, finishes with 86 k's, but they keep climbing to Font Romeo. So yeah, it's pretty up and down without any categorized climbs for ages. 8.5 k's, 5.7 percent descent, then the highway climb to Port Danvera. Uh, 11 k's, 6 percent, but it's part of a longer climb or drag of like 20 k's, 30 k's plus at like four to six percent. That's the uh, Henri de Grange, meaning the highest point of the Tour de France, 2400 meters. So it is reasonably high altitude, <laughs> it's not that high to be honest. Descent, then they do the Col de Bechalis, which is hard 6.2 k's, 8.6 percent. There's a 2.3 k. 10.5%, section. There's steep pinches there. It's a bit narrower. It's quite hard. It's not. It's like further south of the uh, like main Ordinio climb. You do it before on camp. So, yeah, it's – I don't know. It's a definitely a spot for GC action. There's bonus seconds available on top of there, but it's descent finish into uh, the main city centre in Andorra La Vela. So, yeah, what am I expecting? A break again unless – Ineos decide to pace all day. It's trying to get Carapaz to attack on that last climb. Maybe. I mean, Yumba Visma, they just don't have the team, Benji. Like, even if they, it makes sense if you're Yumba Visma to try tomorrow, right? But no Hessing, no Martin. How can you control the break? Yeah, what are you going to do? You're going to attack on that called the Bachelor's climb, and then in the descent, you're going to get called again by Pogacar, Carapaz, and Huron, like on the True. one two stage. So that's their problem as well. You know, I feel like. Vingegaard is definitely a rider that can still do stuff and make moves and so forth, but ideally he's got Pogacar with him and not dropped, and then they can work together to try and... Well, then Pogacar's probably going to say to him, nah, 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 <laughs> I don't need to pace. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's it's all a bit tactical, and I think, indeed, a breakaway is the one that I'm looking for on this stage. Um, I don't have a clue who I named for this stage. I think that... I would love to see Cataneo again in the breakaway. I just don't see him winning this stage. It suits him more than the others, though. These sort of yeah, breakers. it suits him way more than today, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah. like, it's difficult on the final climb, though, you know, because like, he he's the kind of rider that keeps that same tempo, and that climb feels like it suits more for the start-stop attacking kind of riders. The problem is after the top, then it suits Cataneo again. And... 
The question is his kick at the end. If he goes there with a group or with one or two riders with him, then I uh, find it hard. But I think that it might be a similar stage as today, as in on the uh, the descent is long. It's not the steepest descent. You can have a situation where a rider like a Molima today goes for an attack before that final climb and tries to build out that advantage before that final climb and then tries and use that on the climb. And if he can survive, then he can take the stage, someone like that. But who can take that? I'm not sure yet. I haven't really uh, in-depthly thought about who could win this stage, but I feel like we haven't seen Movistar do anything. Like, Lopez tried this morning, but... Yeah, Lopez is... And Viti is like the rider that we've seen the most from Movistar. That's a problem. Yeah, I mean, Movistar tomorrow, it all has to be Viti getting Lopez in the break and joining him in that break and helping him, protecting him. That has to be what Movistar do tomorrow, whether he attacks on Port Danvillera. I always struggle with it. Port Danvillera. I doubt it's it's really not that steep. It's really like smooth pavement and, you know, consistent gradient. And then the last climb isn't high altitude. It goes to 1,800, so it's not altitude at all. Um, the, The thing you are... I really want to stress about tomorrow is it's fucking hot here. And I like, trust me, I'm from Australia, from Brisbane. I'm fine. It's really hot. And particularly at like three to 4 PM when these guys are going to be on these climbs, it could be like, it's predicted to be 29 degrees. It's like 27 here now. It's super hot. And I don't know what it is about being up here and they're going to be up at like 2,400. It might not be as hot up there, but the sun I just find it really intense even compared to Brisbane. So something to bear in mind for Pogaccia and whoever can, you know, is hydrating properly for tomorrow. It is a long stage, 191, and those climbs are exposed as well. Not many trees up there. Um, But we've got to pick a name, I guess, Benji, for tomorrow's stage. I've really – I'm struggling like you are to think. Obviously, I think Van Aert could win. Um, But, yeah, he can win every stage. Yeah, I like Nibali, to be honest. I, I love Nibali, but not for tomorrow's stage. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I feel like, uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I feel like his climbing might not be good enough for the people that will likely be in this group on that final climb. And that's where my issue lies there. If he's in the group today, I don't think he's one of the best five climbers in that group. And um, that's unfortunate to say as a Shark fanboy. But um yeah, we haven't seen Fulsang do much. We, he tried again this morning, but like Astana have been kind of underperforming in these breakaways. And it's sad because like a Fraile today, this stage, this next stage also fits a Fraile. Do you think that it could fit someone like a Mohoric? I don't know. I think he's so t- He tried for like an hour and a half t- today. Uh, I think yeah. I even thought today it was a little bit hard for him, to be honest, even though I think I picked him. Um, <laughs> Alaphilippe's not looking as good. Quintana's looking really tired. Conrad, all the, all the guys we'd like tried today or would like, except really, I mean, Coos. Coos can win. Um, are they? Is he going to get in the break? I'd, I'd like to see Yumba Visma try with Coos, or are they going to try and protect him for Jonas and try with Jonas? Probably at this point, you'd want him to actually do something for Jonas Vingegaard in this Tour de France. Um, but yeah, we keep. I keep saying all these names, and then maybe the. They were going to get a random break uh, as well. Nielsen Paulus, I really, I'd like to see him as well. Uh, get the, the problem break is that the start of the stage, as well as once again that kind yeah. of a ruler type of attacking 
Like, if it wasn't that, I'd say, I want to see a body banter in the breakaway or something. He's now 13 von GC on 24 minutes. He can get a bit closer, get on 12, perhaps. <laughs> yeah. But uh, stuff like, he'll, he'll need to gain a solid for 15 minutes to <laughs> get in the top 10, so that ain't happening. But um, I think that right like him is someone I'd expect in a breakaway. A Godou try today, he's dropped completely out of top 10, but oh, this is not the stage I'm looking for when I'm saying David Godou personally, and I think that the getting in the breakaway part might be the hardest portion. And yeah. if I'm looking at that, then I'm looking at, like you say, Wout van Aert, um, Dylan Turns, perhaps, someone like that. Yeah, Turns is good. I think mm. Movistar, Valverde didn't get in the break today. I thought it really, really suited him. Please, Movistar, get Lopez and or, and or Valverde in a break with Erviti or Garcia Cortina helping them on the flatter sections. They can... I mean, Igita can also win for sure, but I don't know how tired he will be from today. But we'll probably see those similar names. Uh, we mentioned about 20 names yesterday. One of them won, Molima, so we're geniuses. Um, if you just read the whole start list, they win. What about GC, Benji? What are you expecting? I think Jonas will try again. I think that um, you are right. I think that he'll try. The problem is that I think that we might not see much until the last climb, looking at the parkour. Because yeah. I don't see a team strong enough to control these first two climbs and put pressure on other people. And the last time Ineos did that, they lost the person that was pacing. So are they going to put Thomas in there just to have him OTL afterwards? Maybe. I think Thomas can certainly do do the category, the first category on a middle category one climb to the end of the Grange point. He can pace that pretty hard. But really, like, will you be putting people under pressure? Yeah, Maybe. that's a problem, right? Because, like, that those are not high gradients. Like I think you can, no, Benji. I think yeah? it, it can it can go to a, two ways. If Bagatia feels fine and good, you're literally just going to do UAE's work for them. And draft is really, really important. Uh, but if he feels bad and he actually, you get separation from him up to altitude in the heat and you have Thomas pacing, you can even go over the top of that climb with teammates and then actually create a significant time gap. So... It's either one of those two things. I don't really, I don't really see Pagacha like losing five seconds on this climb in like the last no. five hundred meters, and then, you know, I don't really see that happening. He's either with them or like something is going to have to go terribly wrong for him. And then Ineos and Yamavisma, like Wout van Aert and Co, certainly can make a difference because the draft is hugely important on that one. And then they got to drive that descent into the, uh, but the descent's fast too. It's a fast descent. Um, where again, someone like Wapana will make a, a really big difference on the front. If you, I mean, what if you don't drop Pegachi Benji? Say you say you drop Kelderman and Uran on that. I mean, probably not going to drop Uran, but maybe you do. He dropped on lows early. If you drop him on that climb, they're having a bad day. If you're Yumbo, do you slap Wapana out in the front to really? Of course, like yeah. GC is more important, and Podium. it's also going to be useful to do it because if Wapanaat is still in the peloton, then you might as well do it because, like, he's not at the front of the race then, you know? Yeah. Fair enough. Hopefully we see some action. Not much GC action today. Final names. Oh, final names, yeah. Michael Valgren. <laughs> no, mate, come on. <laughs> Every single day, mate. <laughs> now, like, we, uh, it's hard to say, but, like, I would still have put a Magnus Cord on the list for tomorrow. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's not doing that final climb I don't think it's, well, it's too hot it's too steep oh, come I on. think he's better on the longer ones yeah uh, 
I'm going to go, I like Shavito again. I think Esteban Chavez, I'd love to see. Simon Yates, I'd love as well, but he's anonymous so far. Uh, but yeah, I don't really I don't really have a strong feeling about it. I'll, I'll just go Vanard again. Damn it. I'll switch around, okay? Vanard's a good pick because you can get in the break on that flatter section. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed the pod today. If you liked it, like it down below on YouTube or give us a review or a rating on podcast players. Hopefully, GC kicks off and we see massive shakeups tomorrow. Benji and I aren't holding our breath before the second rest day. But let us know what you think will happen. Till tomorrow. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 